there is a space for educational and we do want to, one, give value and we do want to be seen as the expert. We do want to be seen as the authority. However, there is ways that we can educate without having to use three ways to X, Y, Z every single day. And I was actually speaking to someone in the DMs the other day and she said to me, she was like, there has to be more to it. There has to be more to it than just educational posts. She said, I post a ton of education. I know there has to be more. And I'm here to tell you about the more. Can I get a hell yes? Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Rebecca Hayden Show, the show where you get to step into the highest version of yourself whilst creating the business and life of your dreams. I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden, helping you to step into your power, release those subconscious blockers and convert through social media with ease. Are you ready? Let's get going. And welcome back to the Rebecca Hayden Show. I hope you are good today. I hope you are feeling the vibes because I am certainly bringing them in today's podcast. So today I really wanted to open the space, open the floor to talk about educational content, when we should be doing it and why we shouldn't be doing it all the time. And I know that sounds a little bit controversial, but I truly believe that educational content right now, yes, there is a place for it, but if you are doing it in every single post, come rain, come shine, you are going to turn your audience, your ideal clients into Bezzy mates, they will get all they need from you, or at least they will think they've got all they need from you, and then they will never end up purchasing. <laughs> they will never end up investing because what happens when we do a lot of educational content, and quite frankly, I am very honest with you here. You know how honest I get on the podcast, but I lived in the world of educational content. Like that is all I used to do a couple of years back. And what happens when you do this? is you basically get your audience, you train your audience into a place of thinking, oh, well, I can just learn from watching her on social media. I don't need to take this any further. That's one space. Or two, you educate so much, they go away and try and put it into their life or into their own business or into their health and fitness, whatever niche that you're in. They try and put the things that they've learned from your educational pieces of content onto or into their life it doesn't work because you've given them, you know, very surface level education and then they believe that your stuff doesn't work. Okay? And this is what I see happening because there is a lot to consume. There is a lot that we can we can learn online. You know, there's a lot of people who learn a lot of things from YouTube, who learn how to do certain things from reels. You know, there's there is a lot of education but we need to have that very beautiful split on our Instagram from education 
from authority, really talking about the problems that they're having, highlighting the problems and showing the transformations and the desires too. And when we get that nice split, that is when we start to bring clients into the business. So that is what we're talking about on today's podcast. I hope you're ready because I'm going to give you um, some journal prompts, some questions that you can really take away and have a think about when you are moving into or away from just posting educational. And just like I said, right, there is a space for educational and we do want to, one, give value and we do want to be seen as the expert. We do want to be seen as the authority. However, there is ways that we can educate without having to use three ways to X, Y, Z, every single day. And I was actually speaking to someone in the DMs the other day and she said to me, she was like, there has to be more to it. There has to be more to it than just educational posts. She said, I post a ton of education. I know there has to be more. And I'm here to tell you about the more. Can I get a hell yes? Whoop, whoop. Just before we get into it, I did have someone message me the other day, one of my dear clients who said that she physically put her hand up when I told you to put your hand up the other day on the podcast. So I'm so glad that you are so involved in the actions that I ask you to take. She even put her hand up on the walk and then was like, what am I doing? Wait, no one can see me. Not even Becky can see me, but she did tell me, which I thought was hilarious. So let's talk through some other options that you can be doing instead of just, you know, churning out this educational content. Like I said, there's a space for it, but we can actually introduce educational content in different ways. So the first thing I want to talk about today is embodiment content. You've you've heard me say this a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, I've said it on quite a few podcasts as well. We need to be really embodying the transformation that our ideal client wants. And this is a great way to do this is through embodiment content. And what a lot of clients, what a lot of my clients don't realize when we start working together is that they are already where their ideal clients are craving to be. And embodiment content, I think, well, I know, I don't think, I know comes down to mindset because it is you truly standing in your power. It is you truly believing that you are currently where someone else is dying to be because sometimes we feel that we're not where we want to be. We feel, oh no, I I need to be all the way over there before I talk about how successful I am. Oh no, I need this many amount of clients before I can talk about my successful business. Oh, I need to have done this amount of things before I teach people how to do this. But mm -mm -mm, I'm going to stop you there. I want you to shift out of this mindset because this is what's holding you in being... (sighs) in really not truly standing in your power. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I did this so often and quite frankly, I'm still working on this myself. I found it very hard to stand in my power and talk about my success and talk about the amazing clients that are coming in and the money that I'm making in the business. I found it very hard because I was front and center a lot in my childhood. Um, I loved it. 
still love it now. (laughs) It's the performer within me. And I love to be that person. However, when I was growing up, I have two two specific instances that come up for me that I've done timeline therapy on, don't you worry, but two specific uh, times, two specific kind of traumas that I took on. Um, There's three actually now I talk about it and it's just popped into my head that really stopped me and had stopped me from truly standing in that embodiment. One of them was I used to get bullied quite a lot at school because I was a performer and I was very loud and extroverted, probably annoying, let's be honest, but I used to be quite good at a lot of things. I even hate saying that. And we were in in gymnastics class and two of my best friends were really good at gymnastics too, as was I because I was a dancer. So I was really flexible as well. And we did this kind of bridge combination. I don't even know how to explain it to you on the podcast where you go, you know, you bend backwards into a bridge and then another one goes on top of you in a bridge too too fucking confusing to try and tell you over an audio. However, we did this and we did another couple of things in gymnastics and there was a girl who really bullied me for doing that in gymnastics. So I took that on and I remember she was yelling down the corridor about me being fat, which was always the thing that anyone used to say to me when I was in in secondary school. You know, there was lots of different nasty, nasty remarks, which I know now I've let it go. You know, we, she means it doesn't matter to me anymore. Try and get my words out. But at that time I did something really cool. I did something really good. The teachers loved it. Everyone else loved it. And I got negative feedback from that one girl. So therefore I took that on as when I do something good, when I really achieve something, when I am standing in my power, when I am really enjoying what I'm doing, I'm going to get bullied for that. I took that on as a belief. There was another instance as well where we were in class and one of the supply teachers told me, and I literally can picture her saying it to me, I know exactly what classroom we're in. We're in the geography classroom. <laughs> the The chairs were green. The door was green. Um, and she stood in front of the desk and said, Becky, get off your high horse. And she said that to me. And I really took that on because I was like, wow, like I was literally just telling, I I can't even remember why I was telling a story of performing arts, but that was, that was what I received. So it was actually very hard for me to stand in that power. And like I said, it's still something that I'm actually working on because throughout my life. And when I go back to that, I do actually think that I've achieved way more than I give myself credit for. And one of the things that an old coach, Helena, used to say to me was, Beck, I can't wait for you to really truly see what everyone else sees within you. And yes, I'm getting there, but I really have to work into the embodiment and showing the embodiment because it feels unsafe for me to do so, you know, because of those little T traumas that I had in secondary school. And there was another one in primary school. But, you know, because of those, I found it really hard to bring in that embodiment content. Now, I know I've gone off a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a winding track there, but there was a reason why I wanted to tell you that. And that was because 
embodiment content comes from you freaking believing that you are the person to show your clients, to be that for your clients, to embody that, to to really express that online. And we're never doing it from a state of being big-headed or flashing what we've got or, you know, making other people feel inferior. We do it to show our clients what they could have. And that was truly a massive, massive turn in my business. It was May of last year and I really started to embody it. And a lot of my friends were like, Beck, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I'm literally doing nothing different other than believing and standing in what I've achieved and how I can help other clients achieve it too. So that's what I wanted to go to kind of get across when it comes to embodiment content is because you are already where your ideal client wants to be. You only need to be a couple of steps ahead. So actually remember that. And I know that you feel miles ahead. You feel so far away from where you want to be, maybe at the moment, but someone else is watching you from behind being like, oh my God, I cannot wait to have or to achieve or to to be in the space where Becky is right now. So remember that. And this is going to help us with the embodied content. So there's a couple of questions that I'm going to kind of reel off for you. I will put them in the show notes too, so you can come back and use them. But these questions are going to help you uncover what that embodiment content could look like. Okay. And actually start to really speak into this. And you know what? We can still educate in embodied content. We can still be the authority in embodied content. It's actually a really amazing, powerful way to shift your client into that desire. Because yes, we can use problem aware and we can highlight their problem and we can speak to the where, where they're at. But we also need to speak to what could be as well. And that actually makes them make an an investment from a very empowered decision because they're like, oh, I want to work with Beck because I literally cannot believe, you know, this time last year she was where I was. That means that this time next year, I could be where she is. So we want to bring in that desire, bring in that embodied content, um, as well as educating and problem. So if you've got pen and paper, go and grab them now. If you want to pause the podcast, if you want to go and, you know, quickly get your notes out on your phone, that's definitely what I do when I'm listening to podcasts and I want to walk. My notes are full to the brim (laughs) with all juicy goodness that I learn. Um, But the first question what does my ideal client want to become? So who does my ideal client want to become? Really important question because it really starts to show you, okay, who do they want to become? Can Am I already that? Like, can I show them that I am there right now and I am the person to take them there as well? Question number two, what do they want to be doing? So we have a model in the coaching world that's called Be, Do, Have, Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? And what do you want to have? And these questions are very aligned with that because we can really start to tap into what that transformation will be. And remember, your ideal client does not care how many Zoom calls, how many hypnosis tracks, how many downloadable PDFs you're going to give them. They care whether you are going to give them the transformation they desire at the end. So just keep that in mind. So question number one, who does my client want to become? Question number two, what do they want to be doing? 
Question number three, just like I've said, what do they want to have? So we've got the be, the do, the have. Really get so clear on this. And I get quite a lot of clients saying, hey, Beck, like it looks very different from client to client. Like one client might want travel freedom. Another client might want to be able to be free to go and pick up their kid. But we can speak to all of those. You know, we can speak to those desires and we can show you in that desire too. Question number four, how do they want to be feeling? You know my love for feelings. (laughs) You know the quote that I always say, I'm not going to say it, but really tapping into how they want to be feeling is so, so important so important because you can actually create content without talking about the feelings, but allow them to feel the feelings by just simply watching you. And last question, how do they want their life to be different? So question number one, who does my client, my ideal client want to become? Question number two, what do they want to be doing? Question number three, what do they want to have? Number four, how do they want to be feeling? And number five, how do they want their life to be different? Really sit on that. Really take your time to get to know and understand your ideal client. If you haven't done market research, you need to be doing it. Stop assuming what your ideal client wants. Do the research to find these answers. Maybe poll and ask questions on your stories. Really get into the phrases, into the language, into the minds of your ideal client so you can start showing this, you can start being this, you can start embodying this online. Because I, I, like I said at the beginning, you're probably already doing that in your life. That's probably already happening, but how can we amplify that and show that? Show that through your stories, show that through your posts, show that through your reels, through your lives. There's so many places that we can do this. So how can you show this? How can you be this? How can you speak to this? How can you embody this? So, so important. So that is embodied content. Get through that fear of standing in your own freaking magic. Just like I said at the beginning, I had to do timeline therapy on that. I had to break through those beliefs that I took on as a kid. I was in year 10, you know. I used to, I had to break through those to really truly stand in my business and be that business owner who has a six figure, who's had a six figure year by April. You know, I had to do the work to stand in that and to be in that and to really be the beacon for my ideal client, be that lighthouse, shine your light. Oh, I've got goosebumps all over. Shine your goddamn light on what your ideal client could have, could be, could be doing. Be that person, be that embodiment, and you then become the person where they're like, yes, that is the girl to take me there. That is the girl to show me the path. That is the girl to hold my hand and be with me on that journey. That's how we want them to feel, and that is the place that we want them to invest from. So, Flipping the switch now, we're now going to be talking about problem highlighting. So problem awareness is probably what you've heard before. Now, problem awareness, I see and do myself speak into the problems 
throughout my content because sometimes our ideal clients are not aware of the problems that they are having. So say for instance, at the moment, I'm in Visibility Queen launch. Um, And that is very exciting for me. I love talking about visibility. I am very visible and I love teaching people how to get visible in their business and how to use content to be visible to sign ideal clients. Now, what right now at the moment, my ideal client isn't lying in bed being like, oh, yeah, I wasn't as visible as I could have been today. That that's not the problem that they are focused on at the moment. Because visibility, I believe, is the vehicle that gets them to where they want to be. So they're not currently looking for that. They're currently looking, fuck, I need more money. Or where the hell is the next client going to come in from? So I need to highlight to them that potentially, maybe, could be, visibility and their mindset that's holding them back from signing the consistent clients right now. So they may not currently know they have a problem that you are here to solve. And we have to shine the light on that. Again, we're we're bringing back the lighthouse. We're bringing back the beacon. We have to be the person that shines the light on that. So what are they currently doing right now that they're not aware is blocking them. One of the things for my ideal clients, especially for visibility queen ideal clients, is they're not aware that their mindset, the way that they are viewing themselves, the fear of judgment, the fear of not being good enough or being rejected, they're currently not aware that that is actually the thing that's holding them back. They're out there searching for the strategy. Oh, I need to buy some more content prompts. Oh, I need to buy some more story prompts. Oh, I need to go onto creative market and redo my brand so people like it. No, like I need to highlight to them that it's actually the mindset that's holding them back. So I need to create content that allows them to see that problem. And this isn't you highlighting what they're doing wrong. I mean, let's be honest, it is, but we're doing it from a very nurturing place. Because if I didn't do that, if I didn't highlight the problem that they're having, they would go round and round and round and round in circles. Because if you don't start with the mindset, if you don't start with the subconscious blockers that you're having, you'll never move forward. Come rain or shine, I think I've said that twice now, (laughs) come rain or shine, you'll never move forwards because the subconscious is trying to keep you safe. So no amount of content templates, no amount of other strategy investments, no amount of story templates are going to get you on stories, are going to get you visible, are going to get you the clients in because it's the fear of judgment that's holding you back. So I have to create a space where I highlight the problem for my ideal client. So First question for this one, for this for this side of your content. And again, remember, we can educate through problem aware. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be three ways to three ways to break through the fear of judgment. Whoop-de-doo. I don't even think I've got that. However, if I went in saying exactly what I said before, like I see you 
I see you every Monday going, this is the week, this is the day, I'm going to go live or I'm going to get on stories. And then you go to go on stories and you've got nothing to say, even though you've got 20 million downloads of story prompts, you still can't get on there. Then you go into comparisonitis and you sit on the sofa feeling sorry for yourself. That's how I can get into the piece of content because it's relating to their external problems right now. So question number one, what is my client doing right now that they are not aware is blocking them? So what are they doing? You know, how are they being? What are they feeling? What are they saying to themselves right now that is blocking them from moving forwards into the place that you're going to help them with? Question number two, what can I highlight for my client right now to make them aware? What could I highlight for them to make them aware of the things that that's currently holding them back? So really tap into those, really tap into what that could be. And remember, educational content can come into both of the things that I've talked about today. We do have the authority aware content that I speak about and the umbrella that I go through with my clients. But embodied content and problem highlighting is going to be such a powerful way to move your client forwards, to move your ideal client into your DMs and into your Zoom calls. You know, that's when they make the investment, when you make them feel something or you highlight a problem that they're having, or they see that you currently have what they want and you're the person to take them there. So, Let's scrap the three ways to do X, Y, Z. Like I said, you can do it every now and again, but not every post. <laughs> um, I you know I've got a lot of podcasts that are called that, but I go into it in a different way. I could have called today's podcast two ways to stop using educational content. But no, the title. So you're feeling like most of your content is educational? It's a different way to bring in the educational pieces of content. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'm very excited to see how you're going to use this in your content strategy. And I will see you in the next episode. Love you lots. Bye. Your love and support means the absolute world to me. So if you have enjoyed this podcast episode today, please share on your Instagram, review and rate the podcast. Those little acts of kindness go such a long way for the podcast and it actually allows me to reach more amazing female entrepreneurs so they can tune in too. And remember, every single month for those who have shared on their Instagram, rated and reviewed, your names will get popped into a hat and I will choose one of you for a free 30-minute one-to-one with me. All you need to do is make sure you've either sent it to my email, rebecca at rebeccahayden.com or shared it on Instagram where you can tag me at at underscore Rebecca Hayden underscore. I'll see you there and I'll see you on the next episode. Love ya!